Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> You know very well who you are Don't let them hold you down Free for the stars You had a goal, but not that many Cause you're the only one I'll give you good today trying to help educate the ladies on the fundamentals of baseball, basketball, and football. All right, sports aren't going on, but we are still live and in full effect on Wednesday nights. Hey, how about that? How can you catch the show? I'm so glad you asked. You can either pick up your telephone and dial 347-826-7924. You can log on to blogtalkradio.com forward slash LL Sports 2, or you can catch us live and in living color, as we will be doing in about uh, nine minutes or so. Tina D. Jackson, Facebook Live. All right, don't forget you can uh, start a watch party. You can tag your friends on the timeline. You can send out blast texts. You know, just I don't care how you get here. Just get here when you can. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Don't forget to um, also go to that homepage, blogtalkradio.com forward slash LL Sports 2. Click on the follow link. Um, Make sure to activate your email. Otherwise, your name and number won't be counted. Also, you can go to your iTunes account to type in LL Sports 2 with TJ. Click subscribe. And it's just that simple, all right? You'll get reminders, updates, um, synopsis for the show, and all that good stuff, all right? So that's how we do it here at LL Sports 2. And, you know, uh, after, well, okay, I'm just excited. (laughs) I'm not even going to go there. That one is too easy. All right. So real quick, what's on my mind um, before we get started? Here we go again. I just have to mention this. Um, I hope you are, with all of the COVID, you know, information and um, just, you know, all down our throats and everything, um, there is a national story that I hope people are paying attention to and following. Uh, 25-year-old Ahmad Arbery uh, was gunned down in a neighborhood outside of Brunswick, Georgia, while jogging. This was back on February 23rd. Um, he was shot down 
by um, it was two individuals, Gregory McMichael and his son Travis McMichael. And Travis is the one who um, fired the fatal shot. Uh, they said it was point blank, uh, claiming that they, I say this in quotes, saw the suspect from the break-ins hauling ass down the street, end quote. Uh, they were thinking that Aubrey matched uh, someone that was caught on a security camera committing recent break-ins in the neighborhood. There is, you know, uh, 911 tapes, um, but the bottom line is is that they gunned this man down in the streets of Georgia. Uh, first, the mother was told that her son was shot and killed by deadly force during the commission of a home invasion, and the homeowner, you know, in self-defense used deadly force. Lie. Um, then, I guess, as information started coming out, they backtracked and said that um, they were trying to make a citizen's arrest due to them thinking that this was, again, the man who was uh, committing burglaries in the neighborhood. Again, falsities, because as we now, let me tell you something, the Lord is always working. Whatever will go on in the dark will come to light. Please believe that, because now the video has surfaced of them, you know, he was running down the street, they cut him off, he was trying to go around, and if you haven't seen the footage, um, they just killed him. And, and, and he fell dead in the street. So let's please keep um, this family in our prayers, the Aubrey family. Um, let us pray for justice. Now, I do understand that COVID-19 is in effect, and so therefore the court systems, they are not running as normal. So now they're saying that they won't be able to, um, you know, uh, gather a grand jury till mid-June. But let's just pray that in mid-June this will start the process for this family to get justice for the death of their loved one. All right, this is a sports show. I just had to get that off my chest because at the end of the day, this is life, and you know we have to deal with life accordingly. So on a brighter note, <laughs> uh, this is a sports show, so let's get to it, uh, get to the rundown. Like I always say, if you forgot the last dance, it is that wonderful trip down memory lane for all of us old school um, basketball fans. We had episodes five and six. Um, and so we will talk about that. Um, have some some audio from Magic Johnson. He was on first take on Monday. Um, have some little uh, audio snippets from Last Dance of the episode um, five. I think it was five, uh, where Jordan talked about um, why he didn't endorse um, Gant. So we'll definitely we'll talk about that. Can't wait to talk to the ladies about that. Get their opinions on that. So again, a recap of five and six of the last dance. NBA practice facilities they are set to open this weekend. Uh, likely we are moving in the right direction. But I have a, a question for the ladies about the test and um, giving it to these NBA players. Dallas Cowboys they lock in their quarterback. Is Dak now feeling the pressure because he is not the one who signed on the dotted line? Of course, NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball news and notes, Wednesday Wikipedia, Lucinda's lyrics, TJ's motivational moments. You already know we have a jam-packed show for you. Yes, and I will be bringing the ladies in after the break. Right now it's going to be the Gleason Threesome, but hopefully before we come back it will be the Fearsome Forcer. But, you know, we are going to hold it down. Whoever is in town. What? Your girl's on a roll. I'm on a roll. I feel it. Okay. <laughs> All right, so, so let's go ahead. We're going to get to our first break, and then right outside of this, we will be bringing in the ladies who love talking some sports. If you caught the um, the episodes five and six, then you will hear 
you know, this, this the song I'm going to play for you, you will hear it. I'm telling you, they've just been giving me inspiration and motivation all the way around the board. So let's go ahead, jump into our first break, and then we will be back with the ladies. Uh, the Gleason Threesome right now. It's TJ, LL, Sports 2. Stumble, you might fall. Stumble, you might fall. Stumble, you might fall. 
Well, talk to me about your role and talk to our audience about your role, because in your book, authored by Jackie McMullen, where you and Larry Bird were part of the book, you articulated that even you played the role in Isaiah Thomas not being on the Olympic Dream Team. You talked about the players, guys on the team that didn't necessarily want him on, and that's why you probably felt the way that you did. But some people would look at your relationship with Isaiah Thomas and they see such a revelation by you, and they're ultimately shocked uh, that that was something that you put in your book, that that was something that you had to say, and that you didn't, in their eyes, you didn't support Isaiah as strongly as one would have thought you would have. How do you explain that to the audience? What do you have to say to the audience about that? Well, then, at that time, Isaiah and I were not friends. We, we didn't support each other. And so mm. uh, when you have to have 10 guys on a team, Let's 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 first start with the talent, okay? Let's start with the talent. I've never seen a guy score, a point guard score 25 points in a quarter like Isaiah did against my Lakers in the uh, 1988 NBA Finals. So we know Isaiah, the talent, is off the chart, right? John Stockton could never score 25 points in a quarter like that. You know, we understand that. But now, let's get to the facts. You have to be with each other for two months. And it was four or five guys he just had problems with. He was unfortunately not going to be a part of the dream team because of those problems, because we all had to live with each other for two months, practice with each other, uh, hang out with each other, all those things. That doesn't take away from Isaiah's career or who he is as a man. But at the same time, Isaiah has to own up to the, his own problems and say, hey, you know what? I had, I had a hand in that, right, in, in that situation. Now, did I have a hand in him not being on the green team? No. They didn't ask me who should be on the team. The only thing David Stern and Rod Thorne asked me to do was to call Larry Bird and Michael Jordan and tell them they should play on the dream team. Wait, 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2. We are now live on Facebook Live. Jay Johnson in the house. What's going on? I see you. Lawrence Jackson in the house. That's my daddy. Ain't he Kim Street in the house? And you already know Denise Green holding down the fort on the timeline tonight. So we were just listening to, uh, that was Stephen A. Smith and Magic Johnson. Magic was a guest on First Take on Monday. And Stephen A. was asking uh, Magic to address, um, you know, his part in keeping, well, if he had a part in keeping Isaiah Thomas off of the Dream Team because it was written in a book. You know, this was back um, in the 90s, a book uh, that covered Magic and Bird, had some statements from them stating that they did not particularly want um, Isaiah Thomas on the um, on the dream team, nor did you know they have a problem. What I should say, not having a problem, but they didn't. They supported the fact that he was not on the team, and so Stephen A. wanted to address, um, you know, what he thought about that and um, his opinion. So of course, it is now time to bring in the ladies of the hours. Yes, we do have the gleesome threesome in the house. It is Aunt Lou. It is Terry. It is TJ. Ladies. Good evening. How are we? 
Good evening, ladies. Good evening. Wonderful. Blessed Bless. and highly favored. Uh, try to 
you know, tear down the team instead of giving mm-hmm. them credit, how that one mm-hmm. part that he gave credit to the organization, you know, mm-hmm. more about the organization than it was for the team, but you realize you got a um a team that that's winning, you know. So are you gonna give it all to the organization? Mm-hmm. And then um, you know, and anything that um Michael thought that would get just under the skin of the general manager. Uh, like this um what was the guy? I can't think of the guy's name. His his number was number seven that Michael said he didn't like the way he was introduced. The guy was introduced to him. So the general manager, you know, thought a lot of him. So, you know, they just went out there on the floor and just tried to, you know, beat the poor guy up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> they just tried to just, just beat him up from and you know, and, and Michael agreed that it wasn't fair. But he said mm-hmm. he just didn't like the way the guy was introduced to him. You know. And right. that's what I you know, in, in five. And in six, I'm like I agree with Miss Lucinda that you know, they tried to tear Michael down um, because they said, you know, he had a gambling problem. And Michael said he didn't have a gambling problem. He had a gambling problem. You know, he would have problems with his, you know, his wife, his, his you know, family and, you know, and other things. Right. Um, but they tried to make it more, you know, personal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's his that's his priority. If, they, if he want to go and gamble and he got his head in the game, then, you know, he can do what he would do, let him do it. Okay. All right. I am loving how safe on this. Awesome. I, and, and, um, and, and, TJ, okay. I just want to say some of the stuff that uh, Miss Terry said. You know, uh, I, with this with this whole thing with Cross. I mean, I, I'm just I'm just sitting back on that one. I'll probably just bust him at the end here. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just like uh, he just didn't. He could never give them credit for what, you know the team, and because without the team, I don't give you uh, what kind of administration you got or your coaches and all. It don't mean nothing if you ain't got a team and you're winning. You know, but um, I just didn't I didn't say anything about it because I'm just looking at the just just the, the, how he just didn't respect them and didn't care for them. But if it wasn't mm-hmm. for them and their playing, then they wouldn't even be where they would be. You know what I mean? So Right, right. Okay, all right. Shout out to Kenny Cage. I see you in the house. Marty, the royalty one in the royalty white, I'm sorry, in the house. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Who else did I see? Jack Britton in the house. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show. Karen Wade Johnson. Well, how y'all doing tonight? I hope Mike is there with you. And I hope everyone is safe and healthy this wonderful Wednesday night. And uh, we are talking about the recap of The Last Dance, Episodes 5 and 6. Ladies giving their take on, uh, you know, their takeaways from the episodes. Um, just uh, real quick here, Terry, I totally agree in us just seeing, you know, just the start of their chemistry, but mostly hearing Kobe speaking on. And I just love the fact that he said, you know, that he really didn't like the the questions about, you know, could you take Mike or whatever, because he said, you know, whatever you see from me, if it wasn't for Mike, I wouldn't have those five championships. That is just um, admiration at its finest right there because Kobe knows. And then it kind of, you know, it goes back to what we saw at the funeral with Mike just breaking down and then talking about how Kobe would just call him consistently, like to the point where he was nagging him, you know, to, to that point. But just to see you know, the bud, I guess, of, of that relationship and how just the, the 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 camaraderie was there between those two in the beginning and just so, so sad, you know, that, that we lost him so soon. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, I agree with you, ladies, as far as Krause. Uh, you know, he just kept showing his colors. 
You know, mm-hmm. let's be real. It does take a whole organization. You know, we have to give Jerry Krause his credit because outside of Michael Jordan, he did put those together. He's the one that, you know, moved pieces, pulled pieces, put pieces in place. But the, but the pieces have to come together and play on the court, okay? So, you know, you want to sit up here and just give all the credit to the organization. Well, the organization is about 70-30. Mm-hmm. 80 I'm being just. <laughs> I don't want to speak ill of it, but you know, Krause, come on now, you know that, that. I don't know, but he brought a lot of that on himself. Um, you know, just yeah. how he was feel. Um, but but it was. Um, I, I loved how they, you know, went into depth about the dream team and how the practice went and just the camaraderie there. And you know, as far as um, with six with Michael's gambling, you know, I am actually happy that they they went in depth as much as they did, and Michael. Michael was so open about it. Um, I did not know that it was to the point of, of he was already thinking about walking away prior to his father leaving. So now it kind of really makes sense that that was just the natural mm-hmm. thing for him to do was walk away once his father died. Um, I do think it gave us some insight, you know, just to the real Michael Jordan. Um, you know, he wasn't perfect. How everybody wanted to, you know, nobody, I don't think they thought he was perfect, but, you know, he was just so squeaky clean. Uh, but one thing I think about, you know, I'm and you know when they brought in the situation with the uh, with with man with, that he went to court where he gave fifty seven thousand dollars, come to find out it, it actually was um, what he owed the man and it wasn't a loan. Honestly, uh-huh. y'all, that really reinforced my thinking of why his father died, because I really think it had something to do with his gambling. I really do. In my heart of hearts, I feel like Michael Jordan's father died somewhere along there. It had something to do with his gambling. And for me, that's just reinforced I have no proof of that. I have nothing, no concrete evidence. It's just my fighting sense. Mm, so, okay. So that was it. What is, you know, what is that? But, but yeah, it just, um, yeah, it, it just really kind of, kind of solidified that for me. But, uh, but again, to know that he was at the point, I really not. That's what I love about this show. It just takes you back. People, uh, you know, if, you, if, you, if you didn't live in Chicago, but if you were a Bulls fan, you know, you remember when Michael just shut down on everybody and, you know, he just he, he was done with it. And then, you know, he did look a little, I don't want to say like ragged, but he just looked, he looked tired, not physically, but more mentally. And it's been anything. But one thing, you know, I loved about it was it just showed us the insight, too, on his motivation. You know, we always heard stories about Michael would make up enemies in his mind. You know, he would always have to have something to, to, to a force to go against, to bring out his greatness. And it's just amazing how other people, like, the problem wasn't even really with the people he was going against. It was other people, i.e. Jerry Krause or the media who, who put, um, like, Clyde um, uh, 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 Drexler. You know, they said that Clyde Drexler uh, or, or Clyde put himself saying, you know, he was kind of on the level of Mike. And Mike was like, mm, no, you're not. I'm going to have to show you. You know, Dan Marley. <laughs> right. Up with, he was like, you know, Marley <laughs> thought he was a defensive player. Mm, no, he's not. Let me show you. So just that, how he got up that motivation each and every night for it. And they didn't even realize what he put people in the in his path, the fire firestorm, and they didn't even realize it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like you said, you know, they, he said, you know, I can show you better than I can tell you because if, yeah. at that time with the guy, I can't, I think, I can't remember his name, but with the the um the guy that that they had, he played against, 
and he was like, okay, I'm going to have to show Kuko, him. Kuko, he's, Kuko, yeah, Kuko, there you go, Kuko. And he said, you know, I'm going to have to show them that he's not the best because if if I don't, they're going to compare him to me. And but that's not no going to happen. And there was no Right. Right. And, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe it was, maybe this is what Krause was trying to do on purpose. But, you know, sometimes you can just see a piece that you're like, man, this would go good with what we already have. But like Michael and Scotty, they took that to heart. It's like, look, we've already brought you three championships, and that's still not enough. You still have to go in and pawn and, and want, you know, and, and just rule over this, this other player here. Well, come on now. Well, what about the love that we get? And maybe it wasn't that. Maybe it was just like, let's keep this going. You know, eventually Mike is going to leave. Maybe Scott is going to leave. And, you know, this will be what keeps us afloat once they go. I don't know. I mean, you know I me. Mean? I try to play devil's advocate sometimes. That probably ain't what it was. It, but, could, it could be, you know. but I, I don't think that's what it was, though. Yeah, I, I mean, play devil's you know, advocate. Sounds like, <laughs> it does sound good, but um, but real quick before we, before we jump into what Magic and and Stephen A were were talking about, these are my little tidbits that I picked up. Um, I love how Michael tied his own shoelaces, like how he laced up his own shoes. I absolutely love that because you know it's yeah. Michael Jordan. You know he laced up his own shoes, drove himself to the stadium. He wasn't that, but you know he just had to have. I I absolutely love that. And uh, Marv Albert. So Marv Albert didn't have just a toupee. That brother had on a wig. What? <laughs> <laughs> Marv Albert was rocking a wig, y'all. I thought it was just a toupee. Happen now. love how Mike just, you know, listening to his mother. That's how your mother, you know, you think your mother don't know things. But his mother, that's all gone to the Lord. She wants to say, Mike, just, li- just go to Nike and just yep. listen. Nike said yep. they were giving it four years to make three million dollars. They mm-hmm. made a hundred and thirty, a hundred and twenty-six million in one year. One year, come on, baby. But that was the Air Jordans yeah. that he named. The Air Jordans. It wasn't the regular Jordans. You remember his feet was bleeding. That one. Oh, girl, like that hurt me when he talked about his feet was. Is is he was bloody after that game because they weren't Isn't supportive. That weird? I really wanted to see that. Like I was hoping that they would take off the shoes and we would see the bloody shoes, the bloody feet.
relationship <laughs> that magic act. And they fell out for a while, really did. So that was going on. We all know how the relationship between Larry Bird and Isaiah Thomas was. We all know how the relationship between Michael and Isaiah, um, as I mentioned on last the problem with Kevin uh, Malone and Isaiah. So for the for that for those groups of men to have to be together for two months, they had to live together for two months. I I want to hear your thoughts first, ladies, on you know the fact that maybe it had nothing to do with Isaiah. Because we do know that he was more than he was more than capable, eligible. He fit all the criteria to be on the team as far as his his play, his production, because he is top two uh, point guards in in the history of basketball. But um, do you have a problem with the fact that they possibly did not bring him along because he didn't gel with with the other players? Um, Terry, we'll have you go first. No, I do not have a problem with that because of the fact that they didn't bring him along because that, that would be example if we're going on a girl trip and you have a bunk, bunch of baggage. I don't want that baggage to spoil my, my trip. Mm-hmm. No, just so to speak, you know. I don't want that baggage, that excess baggage to ruin my trip. And they probably look at, okay, well, he had, you know, beef with the guys on the team and you got to be with somebody for two months. No, I wouldn't have invited him either. Okay, all right. Hey, Lou? Uh, Terry, just on, we're just on the same page tonight because I, I'm with her. Uh, you know, you just want to leave negativity alone because if you're not gelling, it's going to always be tension in the place and it's going to affect your performance and everything. But when you flow in unity, there's always power in numbers, but also when you're unified, uh, you, can do, you can accomplish anything. You know, and, and he could have been there hating on people or just uh, harboring the, the animosity and bitterness that he has towards certain ones. You know, he's just like, you don't need all that. you, you got to keep the negativity out. So I totally agree with her. 347-826-7924, that is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2. Kiyada, not I see you in the house. My auntie Karen in the house. Thank you all so much for tuning into the show tonight. I'm scared to hit my, my phone in my fall. So, I'm going to try to shout y'all, out, shout y'all out as I see you come on. Thank you, Nina. We are talking, uh, recapping episodes five and six of The Last Dance. It has been airing on Sunday night, ESPN, uh, for the grown folks at ESPN, for the people who want it a little bit lighter. So if you want a little chaser with your with your last dance, you can watch it on ESPN. Okay. But um, talking about magic, and uh, he said that, um, you know, that pretty much Isaiah didn't get along with, that was like over half of the team that, that was picked to be on the Dream Team. Um, Magic said that they did not ask him, you know, if he, if they wanted, um, if he wanted Isaiah on the team. Magic said that what they did ask him to do was to recruit Larry Bird and to recruit Michael Jordan. But he did have, he did not have so much, um, uh, per se, the say-so in um, if uh, Isaiah Thomas would be on the team. And we are three for three, ladies, because I am in absolute agreement. I understand that, that um, technically, you know, uh, as far as his play, um, he deserved, probably did deserve to be on the Dream Team. But as Magic stated, Isaiah has to, to own up to his part in this as well. And you cannot go around, I don't know, I don't even know if he burned bridges. I, I don't even think it was, he probably couldn't even come in the same state with some of these, some of these people that were on the team, uh, Scotty. 
uh, Michael, uh, Carl Malone, um, Larry Bird. You know, uh, so you have to take you you have to take ownership um, on your part of it. You know, now he sits and says, you know, that you know he's really hurt that he wasn't a part of the team. Well, I'm sure you are because you know I'm sure you would have wanted to be a part of that dream team. But it is all about chemistry. It is all about camaraderie. And you cannot have tension and dissension on the court and it, when you're off the court as well. Like I said, they had to live for two months while they were um, in Barcelona. And that means that they would, you know, they, they dined together. They did, you know, whatever recreational activities, you know, the golf, the playing cards, whatever they did outside of, of being, you know, um, playing for the dream team. And so to have a, and I believe in spirit, I'm not going to lie to you, to have a spirit with that mm-hmm. negativity, I do not think that we would be talking about the dream team as positively as we are now had Isaiah been part of that team. And I think that the higher beasts, they knew that. You know, the higher-ups knew that. And it, it wasn't worth it. So to say that Isaiah, you know, should he have been on there? Of course he should have because of his talent. But then should he have been on there with the chemistry? Absolutely not. And for that, you know, I think I say you have to, you know, you have to swallow that pill. So I'm right. like, no problem whatsoever. So uh, where my boy at uh, tonight? Um, dang it. Lord, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> right now. Our Christmas fan from last week. I sure hit him up. Um, I was hoping he would, he would be on here tonight because I definitely wanted to get his, his take on that. But, um but yeah, I mean, I'm in total agreement, ladies. I, I have no problem whatsoever that he was left off okay. of the dream team. But somebody was... no, okay. No. Sandra Taylor, what's going on? Bruce Miller, thank y'all so much for tuning into the show tonight. So, um, all right, ladies. So that talks about uh, the dream team. So I definitely, Reginald, thank you, mom. I don't want to say Felix for some reason. I got Felix on my mind. But, yes, Reginald. Reginald, uh, John Tobin, he would, he would chime in tonight. So, Reginald, if you're out there, I'm sending out the Batman symbol. Hey, uh, what's going on? Thank you all so much for tuning into the show tonight. All right, ladies. So, I tell you what. I want to go ahead. Let me go ahead and eat this. So, in um, in the episode, okay, thank you all so much for tuning into the show tonight. We also um, heard them talk about Michael Jordan and the fact that he did not or he chose not to endorse the Democratic uh, nominee for um, North Carolina during, you know, his, his heightened, uh, well, I, wanna, I don't want to say it was his heightened career because he actually had okay. not won a championship before um, this, this part of, you know, the, the controversy uh, came into play. But he was Michael Jordan and, you know, uh, let's be real, Michael Jordan endorsing any candidate at that time would have been a pretty substantial endorsement. Um, but, you know, in Michael's mind, he didn't feel the need to do that. Um, there was a quote, a very, you know, famous quote that came out of that. So I want to play this audio, and then um, I definitely want to hear the ladies' thoughts on this. Uh, this is a snippet from um, episode of the last Probably the most controversial thing Jordan said in his career was when Harvey Gantt was uh, running for Senate to be the first African-American from North Carolina to 
serve in the U.S. Senate, Michael would not come out and endorse or support Gantt and uh, was quoted as saying, Republicans buy sneakers too. I don't think that statement needs to be corrected because I said it in just, you know, on a bus with, you know, with Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen and it was, you know, thrown off the cuff. 347-826-7924, that is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2. We are recapping uh, The Last Dance episodes five and six and after that michael jordan went on to say i quote i do commend muhammad ali for standing up for what he believed in but i never thought of myself as an activist i thought of myself as a basketball player i wasn't a politician but i was a player in my sport you know i was focused on my craft was that selfish probably but that was my energy that's where my energy was end quote and then um there was a senior writer uh, for the undefeated jesse washington and he said this regarding Michael Jordan's comments. He said, um, I quote, now that Jordan has clarified the origin and context of the quote and admitted he was selfish, we can see the cost he paid to become the Jordan brand. That cost also paid for the freedom of today's players. Jordan deserves credit for how LeBron can be so vocal today, end quote. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, ladies, uh, my first question and just based off of, you know, what we saw in um, in the episode, um, how, you know, how Michael felt about it, you know, Dan, how he still feels about it now, he did um, contribute to the campaign. Uh, he did do that financially. But uh, do you have a problem with where Michael was at at that time? Do you have a problem that he did not endorse the candidate, uh, Harvey Gantt? Hey, Luke? No, I didn't have a problem because, you know, this is a free country. We're in America, and so you, we have freedom of speech and choice and all that stuff. So, you know, just because he was a black man, you know, he didn't have to enforce, you know, he didn't have to support him. And, you know, and, and I think Michael was more focused. He was into Michael more so than the politics, you know. And you got to, if you got to stand for something, you know what I mean? Now, I'm not saying that black guy, you know, wasn't, you know, he could have been a great candidate or whatever, but you just, whatever you, you, you stand, you know, you got to stand by what you believe, you know, what you believe, or if you don't want to be drug, don't let somebody drag you into something or to be in something just because they want you to be in it. You know what I'm saying? Be your own man. Be your own woman. Right, right. Okay. And just to piggyback off of that, and Lou, um, that's a very good point because, Michael also, you know, he he mentioned in the, you know, in his audio that he, you know, he wasn't into politics, so he really didn't feel like he could endorse somebody he didn't know anything about. You know, it was Thank like, you. okay, I'm putting my name behind him because it's my name, but you know, I really don't know that much about him. Now, I will campaign, which, like you said, financially he did, but I guess to, to back him um, publicly, you know, Michael just said, I I don't know enough about that, and I'm not a politician. You know, I'm not a Muhammad Ali. I'm not an activist. So, um, right. yeah, to piggyback off of your point there. Okay. Um, Harry, do you have a, a problem with this dance at that time? No, I didn't have a problem at all, and I agree with uh, both of you ladies. You know, just because he's black doesn't mean that, you know, Michael had to, you know, to elect him. Um, and the fact that, you know, I hate when people, you know, they you don't know Michael said, you know, he don't really know a lot about him, so you know, why endorse somebody if you don't know you don't know enough about them? You know, just because mm-hmm. they're of a certain color, you're gonna, you know, go and endorse them. They may not have the qualifications, you know, so you can't always go by um the color of a person. Yeah, we would want to vote for 
you know, our very own, but it doesn't always fall that way. Mm-hmm. You, you see what I'm, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. That's so, I mean, so, just, just because, yeah. let me let's keep it real, just because you're black, that don't mean that you, that don't mean you go with every black person that's running for politics. Because they can be criminal as criminal can be. Yes, I was. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, I I totally get it. Um, (laughs) And, you know, I think my main thing was, and I I feel like, you know, it it could go for back then, it could go for right now. People, you should not need a celebrity to endorse someone for you to get out there and vote. Thank you. The fact ancestors died for you to have the right to vote to be be in that reason. That should get you motivated. So if Michael uh-huh. Jordan, Michael Jackson, uh, Muhammad Ali, it doesn't matter Magic. who and anybody, you know, uh-huh. it shouldn't a, a, a high-profile celebrity tell you to get out there and vote. Uh-huh. So I mean, I, you I'm said keyword ancestors. Okay. Come on key now, word, ancestors. You know, ancestors <laughs> work yeah. hard, and, you know, to have the right to vote. So that's your motivation right there. Come on yeah. Now, and and do we know that the extra twenty thousand, thirty thousand that that maybe Michael could have conjured up would it have done anything? Well, we don't know. But um, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you didn't get out there and vote, so the man didn't win. Um, uh, and and the state of North Carolina said they had to pay for that because you know the the um the incumbent that that did win, you know, he didn't he wasn't going for the Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Day. You know, well he he was a blatant racist. So, so we mm-hmm. knew that, but uh, but that should have been motivation enough. You don't want to get him out. Mm-hmm. So, Thank you. I don't know. That's just my two cents. Three four seven eight two six seven nine two four on LL Sports Two. But ladies, I just want to tease this. I mean, we're going to jump into a quick break. But on the outside of this, I want to dive into this. So you know, everyone is saying that you know Michael Jordan in in some way. You know, you have to maybe take away from his his iconic uh, persona because he wasn't so vocal when it came to situations like this. Remember the Rodney King situation happened during um, his, you know, the, the, the highlight of his career, and uh, a couple other things, um, um, the situation with, uh, in, in L.A., um, you know, the young lady that was gunned down, uh, the Korean uh, clerk who, who gunned down um, the, the 14-year-old girl. So there were other, you know, situations that were going on, and then you fast forward to 20, you know, 2016, 2020, the, the LeBron James, the, you know, Chris Pauls of the world that stand up, talk about, you know, I can't breathe and, um, you know, that are very vocal um, in, you know, civil rights things that are going on right now. So the question I want to pose is, do you think that that does take away from Michael Jordan's persona or his iconic figure, the fact that he was not willing to speak on, um, you know, instances that did affect you know, people of this community. So I want you to think on that. We're going to go ahead and jump into a quick break on the outside of this. We will be back with that. You already know so much more. Dallas Cowboys signed a quarterback. Wasn't Dak? Of course, we're going to talk about it. We'll be right back after the break. Got to do a roll call. Ain't Lou. Yeah. Terry. In the house. Oh, you better know it. And TJ will be back in full effect. The ladies of sports, <laughs> LL Sports 2. We'll be right back. Break. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, it's no secret. Ladies love sports, too, with TJ. Oh, yes, they do. 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2, a little boys to men classic Mother's Day, one of my all-time favorites. You know, what I don't re- what you don't realize, I guess, is the older that you get, how much, you know, those words really mean to you. Um, all right, ladies, let's get back to it. Talking about some basketball here, talking about the Michael Jordan and the fact that he just, you know, kept quiet. He didn't really feel like talking back in the day about things that were going on in the world. And, uh, you know, he's nothing like, you know, the, the athletes of today. And so um, in comparison, you know, with um, with the LeBron James of, of the world now, um, do you think that, you know, maybe he, he should have been a little bit more vocal or um, – do you think that maybe he just set set the set the platform to where the athletes today can be more vocal? Um, hey, Luke, we'll have you up first. I think that he could have set the atmosphere for he. I just don't think that he's one of those type people that's uh, political like that. But I don't think he's like a a debater or anything like that. And he probably he's probably better one on one and stuff. But you know, being in the public, or then you know. Could have been a little fear. I don't know. You know, he got all that money and stuff, but, you know, he could have been a little afraid. But he's just like, he just has to be himself. You know what I mean? He, he can't be someone else. And I just don't think he's he's not he's not a LeBron or some of these other guys that are just going to speak out and vocal, you know. But, but um, like I said, Muhammad Ali. Yeah, you know, Ali like it's enough that he was the greatest, you know, in the boxing, but, he, you know, he's he going to let you know that and, and – and he's, you know, stand up for what he believes. But Michael could have been a little bit more passive. You have all these different uh, personalities and different um, personalities and different people. You know, some people more aggressive, some people more vocal. Others are more timid or laid back or, you know, don't want to, uh, I don't want to make any waves or stir up anything. So, you know, you could have been any of those things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Terry. I, I agree with uh, Miss Lucinda, but I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say that he, you know, set the pace for LeBron, um, LeBron them. But um, you know, Michael was just Michael. He, you know, he just seemed like he just wasn't into, you know, politics. You know, he mm-hmm. it was all, you know, pretty much all about Michael. You know, his his basketball, his shoes. You know, his fame that's going on. Not per not much as you know the money. But everything else that was going on around him, I don't think. Um, I think he he just probably wasn't into politics. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, like I said, now not really dealing with politics, but the right well, opinion, that was more of, of injustice. You know, the man yeah, got beat down on the street of LA and, and the police yeah. officers walked out free. So that that's kind of on on the, the lines of a of a you know Tamir uh, Tamir Rice. Um, um, the gentleman in, in New York, um, that's what I'm really thinking about, the one that, um, I, you know, I can't breathe, Eric Gardner. Mm-hmm. You know, that's more of, you okay. know, just a man's rights being violated, a black man's rights being violated. And, and mm-hmm. um, you know, even if, if Barack, you know, President Obama can come out and speak on, you know, situations like that as, you know, being able to relate as a black man and how he's maybe had interaction with the police. Maybe Michael Jordan has never had a bad interaction with the police. Um, but, you know, 
I've never had a bad interaction with the police either, but I can still empathize and relate to the fact that people of color do, you know, we do, we are treated differently when it comes, you know, to the men in blue and women in blue. Right, right. Um, right. So not necessarily that it was political, but just that he felt the need not to speak on anything. Unless yeah, he, right. right. He could have been a little, a little cowardy, you know, a little cowardly. He's just, I don't want to bring down any kind of negative heat because he had the favor of, you got to remember, the white people just loved him. Michael, I love you. I'll go out and spend my last on you. And so, you know, and, and the blacks loved him too, you know, but then, like you said, you know, he could, blacks, you know, um, he got his sales and, you know, his endorsements and all this stuff, everybody buying, and the blacks probably bought more tennis shoes. I don't know. The whites could have, I don't know. But anyway, I just think he didn't want to make any waves, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. Because a lot of, you know, a lot of, I think he could have said something, you know. Mm-hmm. He could have, but he chose not to. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said a little timidity or just I don't want to shake up the pot or stir up no wave, make no waves, you know, because I got my, my supporters on and, and all races, and so, you know, we're going to keep it that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we do have to keep in mind that for the first, um, what was it, first, 11 years of his career, Michael only grossed $4 million from his uh-huh. Chicago Bulls contract. All of his money was made from endorsements. So uh-huh. when you fast forward to LeBron James, who is, he makes $4 million, thing like probably every week. Um, uh-huh. You know, the, the, the threat of sponsorships and all of that probably is not too prevalent for, for LeBron or, or someone on LeBron's uh-huh you know, level or Chris Paul or something like that because they definitely have the money in the bank. And if mm-hmm. people choose to, you know, I guess get mad at him or uh, try to call themselves boycotting him, um, you know, he's definitely going to be okay financially. Um, right. But I, I really don't think it had anything to do with uh, monetary on why um, Michael didn't speak out. I just think he didn't think that was his fight, honestly. And we don't know what he did behind closed doors. Um, right. I don't think he did a lot because I think we would have heard about it, but that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, he just don't. If he, you know, if he just wants to, to work that's on it. his craft. Passivity. 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 What was that, Angelo? He's passive. Passive-aggressive, girl. Passivity. He no, does his passive. players out and, and bully them, but he ain't going to do too much. He ain't going to say too much about the right stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> He just oh, that that was his thing, and he he just you know kept it uh, kept it basketball. But um, but like I said, I I I guess I really didn't have a problem. I I don't re- recall it, you know. Just, I don't remember being like, dang, Michael, you know, you need to be a little bit more vocal. I don't ever remember really. So I know it didn't bother me then. It doesn't bother me now. And I again, I am just so. I'm just so happy that he's giving us this insight because one thing we do know is that Michael is a very private person. You know, we see how he just shut down when they started, you know, pretty much just invading his space with the with the gambling um, situation. And, you know, I think that I think he was right on the money when he said that, you know, he has a competition problem because I do think that was his thing. You know, he just competed with everything. I mean, you saw how he competed with the, what was that, quarter that he mm-hmm. was playing with? Uh-huh. Very like, good. Probably people probably can't find their seats. 
you know, um, it's people probably, uh, what what goes on at a, at a basketball game? It might be some, some personality. This, that security wasn't doing nothing but playing quarters with Michael Jordan. I hope we're in control of the security because that was just, <laughs> but it was just, it was just fun to for us to be able to peel back the layers though and and see what was going on um you know behind the curtain so to speak uh three four seven eight yeah seven nine four that is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight uh Terry, did you want to say something hey Michelle? It was just showing that, you know, how competitive Michael was on the court and off the court. Yes. He was very competitive. He was very competitive. And, I mean, for you to lose a bet of $57,000, uh, uh, it must be nice. It must be nice. But just like, you know, the reporter said, um, uh, the one in the blue suit, I'm just throwing a blank today. But he said, you know, you have to put it in perspective. $10,000 Michael Jordan is like $10 to us. He's got it. It's nothing for him. So, you know, mm-hmm. and, and like I said, you can see how competitive he was when he when he finally hit the birdie, and he said, no, nah, man, uh, you know, we bet on that. It was a, a two over the birdie and all of this. He said, I want $20. No, I want $40. I mean, you know, he just, he betting on every hole, it seemed like. Michael had a problem. Mm-hmm. Not one he had a he problem. He not want to admit it. <laughs> well, he had a problem. Yeah, he did. <laughs> that brother had a problem, though. But he had the money to he had the money to to make up for it. You know what I mean? Exactly. But, exactly. Why he but didn't what you read, like you're saying, with, with his dad and stuff, I really don't understand how his dad died because I think that was during the time he was gambling. I know Michael probably would have paid, paid the people money, you know, paid them their money, but maybe I don't know what happened. Yeah, I mean, okay. I don't either. I I don't know if it was. I don't think it was a debt that was owed because, like I said, Michael had the money to pay it. But I don't know if mm-hmm. it was the point that was trying to be made, because you know, some people you you can show them better than you can tell them. Mm-hmm. You can all you want to, but you might have to show him. I don't mm-hmm. know. I wasn't there, but mm-hmm. I will never understand why the father of Michael Jordan is sleeping at a rest stop. You I, mm-hmm. you you can't explain that to me. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan's daddy is sleeping at mm-hmm. a rest stop. Mm. Oh, it's supposed to be. You know, it's, things that make you go hmm. But, you know. Uh, he he had to, more than enough money to get the nicest hotel or anything. You know what I mean? Exactly. I don't know. Yeah, that was a but mystery when, to me. If I ever meet Michael, I'm still not going to ask him. 347-826-7924. That is the number <laughs> to call to talk to the ladies tonight, okay? Because I do want to see the notes. <laughs> All right, ladies. So, uh, real quick here, some NBA news and notes. Uh, there was something I wanted to get to. Oh, uh, for the Utah Jazz, there was an executive that spoke saying that, you know, once the team, everybody gets back together, they are saying that some of the facilities should be opening up this weekend. So it looks like we're moving in the right direction to possibly get a NBA playoff season in this year. Um, so like I said, some of the facilities will be opening up this weekend. Um, but the Utah Jazz, there was an executive that spoke saying that um, the players, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, um, that they are moving forward and that they will be able to act professionally. We all know that Rudy Gobert was the first uh, NBA player to be diagnosed with COVID, uh, you know, with the coronavirus, and then subsequently um, Donovan Mitchell was uh, he positive just, just a day or two later, I think. And they did say that the players did not speak for about a month after that whole situation there. So Donovan Mitchell was very, you know, he was not pleased.
pleased with how Rudy Gobert handled that situation. But um, a team exec says that they will be able to go forward, you know, um, and be professional. I think that is code for one of them will be leaving the team after this year. That mm-hmm. we'll just have to... All right. Mm-hmm. See, um, oh, real quick before I move on, I've been wanting to ask this question. So, ladies, have you heard of the All In Challenge? No. What is no. that? No. Have you? Okay. No. Okay. So it is no. a um, it's a challenge where you can bid on certain things, um, and people are donating um, certain like activities or just like some really really good things here. But you've got to be rich. You've got to be rich. Is that song? I don't know. Anyway, um, you have to have some moolah in order to participate in these things right here. You know, I really thought they were going to do something for the everyday average and bid on or they can, you know, um, possibly win in this all-in challenge. A Bucks mm-hmm. home opener invite by Tom Brady. Like you get to sit, you get to go to dinner with him, and then you get to sit in like a, a suite. Um, Mark Cuban will give a one-day contract to, pay, to play with the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, you can be in a Kevin Hart's next movie. Um, you could fly with Drake on his private plane. Uh, you could play in the NBA mm. All-Star Celebrity Game. Don't know when that's going to happen, but whenever it happens again, you'll be able to play in it. Uh, you could mm. join Jimmy mm. band, uh, Cleto and, and uh, Cletones live on stage. Play 18 holes with Greg Norman. Um, I think Ed Sedgwick, the entertainer, was on there. He said that you'd be able to um, have a have an episode um, in his next, you know, you can have a, a little small speaking part. Um, no, I'm sorry. His was an extra part. You could be an extra. But you play, he'll fly out, you know, you and some friends, and you get to go to the show, have dinner. Um, all of us, there is a, uh, there's like a little speaking part. There's some pretty good things, you know, that you can bid on and and be a part of. So I wanted to pose the question, ladies, so just, you know, just in fun, because ain't nobody giving up no $30,000 to participate in all the challenge. I, I know I'm not. Hands up. <laughs> yeah. But. What if, if there was one thing that you would really just, you know, if you could do it? Like it could be if you're part of your sports team or just uh, one of your favorite actors or whatever. What if you could bid on it? Would you be all in for it? Give y'all about, we're going to do the Jeopardy on this, okay? I'm going to do it. Dinner with uh, Russell Wilson. Okay, well, that was quick. What's that? <laughs> Never met him. Would like to meet him and just talk to him, ask him questions. And the wife, she can be there too. You know what I mean? I'm glad you opened the invitation to the wife because I'm sure she's gonna be there. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> too. But I, you know, because I bring, I just if he could just, I could have me and my uh, kids. You know, we could just sit and talk to him and ask some questions. I mean, it's, it's, you know, that's that's all I would like. You know, just to chat. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, you don't want to go to dinner or anything. You just want to have so I said dinner. I said dinner. Yeah, dinner. That's why I say invite the wife as well. Okay. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Carrie. What was your all in? Um, all in. With with uh, probably a dinner or so with or just to a close up with Denzel Washington. I just love well, you. Denzel gotta know Washington. it. <laughs> Yeah. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> might want his wife involved, Miss Terry, and your husband, God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's <laughs> 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 Did I didn't 
Vacation there? I think I did. Mm-hmm. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think very Miss Carter to be in the in the in the mix. <laughs> you know, I I really could not. I couldn't just pin it down to one. I really couldn't. Because a part of me would want, you know, I would want like an all access pass for the season for the for my Forty Niners. But then I would want like a guest starring role in one of my Chicago shows. I don't care if it's TD, Fire, or Med. Um. And then, yeah, I'm like you, Terry. I would want to be like in, in the next Denzel movie because you know you wouldn't have to do too much. Denzel's not doing that. Yeah. All he's doing is speaking. He's not like doing acting, you know, scenes and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I think it would be pretty low key. But yeah, I'm with yeah. you because if it's Denzel, everybody gonna watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a great actor. Yep. Yeah. Him yeah. or either. The one that's got coronavirus now, I would leave him alone, but that, he could have been one of them, too. Who? Well, yeah. The that? one that... E, Idris, Idris Elby. Yeah. Well, yeah. I ain't going to lie to you. It, it would it could be six feet in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you. Yeah. We, we, we could do a, a, a restaurant thing. Just get me at the front of the restaurant and put him in the back. Just put us in the same. Same. <laughs> Hello, Israel. That's a good-looking boy. That's fine. Find his wine in Jack Rabbit. Uh, who was the other guy? Uh, it was somebody else that I saw, and I was just like, he is just a good-looking specimen. God, really, he made that man. He really made a, a specimen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like some of them just good-looking. You know what I mean? Good-looking, and they're just, yeah, I could just sit and look at them. With her mouth open. Okay, well, don't do that, ain't Luke. Don't think it's on that part, but shout out to Monique. I see it. What's going on, Mr. Hold up. At least we don't want no slob coming out. 347 That's the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL42. All right, we're going to move to Red Iron here real quick. Before we jump into break, I wanted to uh, bring up these, um, not really stats, but the 2007, we just had the NFL draft for 2020, so I wanted to uh, just chime in on this real quick. So for, back for the 2017 NFL draft, all of these players are now coming up for their fifth-year option, right? And so it's a good thing to have your fifth-year option picked up because that means you've been producing, you know, for the team, and the team wants to keep you, and that means money, 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 money. That means you've got to get paid because you Sign your long extended contract. Well, for some of the people in the 2017 NFL draft, that is not going to happen. And I was just surprised at the lack of productivity that came out of the 2017 NFL draft in the higher round. Well, first round, let's go see. Okay, so let's go through this real quick. So, number one was Miles Garrett from the Browns. His contract was, of course, exercised. We all know what he did, but. They would be a fool to let Miles Garrett go because his potential is it does outweigh his stupid mistake that he made. So he was the only uh, he was one of six players. I'm sorry, with double digit sacks in 2018 and 2019, and we know that he got suspended for last half of the season in 2019. Uh, number two, Mitchell Trubisky, the quarterback for the Bears, his was declined, of course, because he has not done anything for the Chicago Bears. He is the last two seasons 
his quarterback rating um, was 71.0 in 2018 and 39.5 in 2019. It's a wonder he still has a job. For my 49 Solomon Thomas, his was declined as well. Um, he only started three games in 2019 and none in the postseason. This was a little surprising. Uh, Leonard Fournette for the Jaguars, his was declined. He has um, averaged 22.7 touches per game in 2019, and that's second to Christian McCaffrey of the um, uh, Carolina Panthers. Uh, Corey Davis, number five of the Titans, his was declined. So he has had eight drops. Um, that's twice as many as any other Titans receiver since 2017. For Jamal Adams, he's number six. Um, his was exercised, so the team is thinking about, you know, uh, giving him an extension. Um, he has the most sacks by a defensive back through three years, um, and that's official stat has been kept since 1982. Mike Williams of the Chargers, uh, wide receiver, his was exercised. So um, they are, you know, probably going to be in talks with him. Of course, Christian McCaffrey, his was extended. He got an extension. We know he is the um, highest paid running back um, in the league right now. John Ross III of the Bengals, um, he was declined. His was declined. Um, they said that he uh, also has eight drops in his career. And number 10, Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. And we all know this is going to be exercise. And we are going to jump into a break, and we'll talk about it when we come back. How should Patrick Mahomes approach his contract negotiations, though? Should he, be, should he be like a Tom Brady and be willing to take less in order to keep a Super Bowl caliber roster around him? Or should he go for the money? I'm going to leave it at that. We'll talk about it right after the break. And what? Loosen the lyrics. You already know the baddest lady in the land when her pen hits that pad. Yes, so we'll jump to a quick break, and we will be right back with Lucent lyrics. And the question I just posed, Patrick Mahomes, should he go for the money? Should he go for keeping his team together? We'll talk about it right after the break.
times. Because it's 2 o'clock, 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight. Little y'all bro and people. That ain't nothing like a funky bass line for you. We about to get funky right again. You already know why. Because the clock on the wall says it is time. It is time for the baddest lady in the land when her pen hits that pad. Yes, it is time for Lucinda's lyrics. So, Miss Lucinda, what do you have on tap for us tonight? Good evening, LO Sports 2. This week continued with Last Dance Episode 5, as Michael Jordan and the Bulls continued to thrive. In 1998, Michael won the MVP in the All-Star Game against Kobe. Kobe was 19 and wanted to be like Mike. Michael considered him a younger brother, but his one-on-one playing he disliked. Jordan signed with Nike, McDonald's, Gatorade, and Wilson. Lucrative deal. However, Air Jordan grossed $126 million in the first year. He played on the Dream Team in the 1992 Olympics, challenging Croatia's Tony Kukos and exposing his limits. In Episode 6, they beat the Phoenix Suns in six games to three-peat, while leaving Barkley and team on the losing seat. Michael did, developed a gambling habit that he denied, and Sam Smith wrote Jordan Rules to magnify. Michael was mobbed everywhere he went and scolded by the media, causing him to torment, causing him torment. The more he was pressured and criticized, the harder he played, won, and pulverized. He said it wasn't easy being in his shoes. Although he experienced burnout, he still didn't lose. During this time, he avoided interviews and the vicious rumors that he tried to diffuse because this imperfect legend was always in the news. Ain't no... Who did that? Who did that? Did I do it? Yes. Did I do it? Double do. That. Who did that? Yes. Well, you know I'm watching. You know I'm watching those episodes. The episodes just give me that feel to write. And you know when I write. <laughs> hey, yes, Aylo, you did that. Great job. Great job. <laughs> Those are the ones. Yes, ones right. I have to go and listen to them because you know I, I I'm listening and I'm trying to you know listen watch the I I, I got to go back and listen to that one. Forget <laughs> that. All right now. <laughs> um, Marcus, shout out to you. I see you in the house and thank you so much. And yes, I will definitely um inbox you after the show. Justin Felton, thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. Um, all right, y'all. So as I pose the question to the ladies and I pose it to you on the timeline. And I want to know your thoughts. Patrick Mahomes, um, 2017 draft. Like I said, this is coming up on everybody's fifth-year option from that draft. The Kansas City Chiefs, they are no fools. They will be extending it at some point, but they haven't done it yet. Not sure what's going on. Probably the years. Um, Patrick Mahomes may not want to extend too long. I don't know. But um, but we do know that he will get an extension here shortly. And he will be the highest-paid player in the NFL when that, when that contract comes down. Please believe it, okay? But, again, 2019 NFL MVP and Super Bowl 54 MVP. Ladies, how should Mahomes approach his contract negotiations? Should he go the route of Tom Brady and take less to keep the team around him, to keep a good, you know, Super Bowl caliber team around him? Or should he be like, um, in the words of Jerry Maguire, show me the money. 
Hey, Lou, what show me? That that that's kind of hard, you know what I mean? Because he's he says he's <coughs> excuse me, he's good. He's a great player, and to be honest with you, I mean his team was good, but you know he, he kind of carried his team. Wouldn't you say like my Russell Wilson would do? I'm just gonna throw that out there, but um, I, I don't want him. I don't think he should be selfish. I mean, I don't know what he, what they're paying him now, so it, it's it's kind of contingent on what he's getting paid right now. Because, you know, he really deserves uh, money. And, you know, we know that Brady didn't go for the money because his wife made a lot of money. I don't, you know, I don't know, um, you know, Mahomes not married or nothing. So I don't know. That's kind of hard. You know, it's it's kind of hard. I think I would try to make sure that I'm covered. But at the same time, you know, uh, if, you, if he sees potential that this team can maybe win another Super Bowl, then, you know, you might want to stick with him. But I, I just wouldn't be just selfish either, though. You know what I mean? So it's kind of hard. Okay. All right, Terry. I think I heard your answer. What, what say you, Terry? <laughs> well, you know, I would, say, I would say go for the money, but I'm going to backtrack. I think extension if he think he can stay with his team and they can win another Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. If they can win. Right. And like Ms. Lucinda said, you know, he need to have himself covered. Because mm-hmm. it's not, you know, it's not always about the money that's placed here, you know, right before you. But if he thinks that he can get more money or if they, he thinks they can go and win a Super Bowl, then I would say stay with the team, you know, do the extension. Mm-hmm. Well, now, he's going to do the extension, so that that's a given. But it's just a matter of mm-hmm. will he will he take less money with the extension, meaning will he will he not get his worth, but he'll take less money so that they can spread it out over the team because, you know, he, he can't throw and catch the ball. He can't throw and, and block for himself, and he doesn't play offense and defense. So does he does he go the Tom Brady route and take less money? Because we all know that Tom Brady should be the highest paid, but we know that he's not, and we see what dividends it has paid. He has the most Super Bowl rings. So does he right. go that route, or does he go the route yeah. of a Carson Wentz or a Jared Goff or, um, you know, even yeah, we could say a, a Jimmy Garoppolo to this point. Maybe Jimmy's not the highest paid anymore, or, um, you know, a Matthew Stafford. Do you take the money, but then all the pieces around you, they get in where they fit in, and you might right, not win. Right. That much. Yeah, he should so, go. I, I think he should go a Tom Brady route. Okay. Okay. And Lou, you what still take you, TJ? What say you? You know, I am a capitalist, and <laughs> I say get every every piece of every coin you. <laughs> Because there are no guarantees in in the NFL, and yes, you're right, you're right. Oh, it's um, I know you would want to to have Super Bowls. You want to have the team around you. Um, I mean, I say you need to find it somewhere else. I, give me my money because <laughs> I on my back. Um, I mean, he has weapons now. Don't get me wrong, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, he has a, had an inter- interchangeable running system um, before uh, a little bit got booted out of, out of town. Um, uh, what's his name? Tyreek Hill and uh, Kareem, Kareem Hunt. 
Um, then, you know, they kind of brought in, you know, the, the backups there. Um, the defense is, is, is stale together. I don't really think that they have too many um, high high contracts on the defensive side, but they are going to have to, you know, probably redo Kelsey's uh, contract, definitely going to have to pay Tyreek Hill, um, a couple of defenders on that on that defensive line. But, I mean, I'm the MVP of the league, and I'm MVP, I'm full MVP, and I've only been starting this going on my my second full year of starting. Um, no, third, I'm sorry. Yeah, because he started the year he was MVP. Um Made the money. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Because he he did a lot of work in this to win that Super Bowl. I mean, he kind of rose to the occasion. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he really did. did. So, he put in so. extra work overtime. Mhm. Yeah. Exactly, Monique. You know, Monique says all those names that took the money. I can't because I can't move my thing. Um, are not winning now. Exactly. So. You know, Carson Wentz, he can't stay healthy. You know, we, we, we don't even know what he can do because he can't be on the field long enough to show us what he can do. We see glimpses. You know, we have an idea. Uh, Jerry Goff, he took came to the Super Bowl, got to the Super Bowl. He hasn't done anything since the Super Bowl. Uh, still got an AP for him. Um, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy's got his money, um, and he's consistent. You know, he got us to the Super Bowl. Do we depend on him for – 80, 90% of our offense, well, probably not. But he's been clutch, you know, but he's also been disappointed. Um, but, again, none of them are packed from home. Let's just keep it real. Yeah, they're right. You're right. He's, he's one of the Yeah, he is the face of, of the league right now. And um, But I see what you're saying, though, Monique. You say, you know, none of those players that, that have all the money are doing anything right. Their teams aren't winning. But I think the Chiefs can find a way. I, I think they'll be able to find a way. Uh-huh. But if not, then at least, you know, Cash will get his money. Right. But this is no Chiefs in, in football. So that's my, that's my thought. 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight. It's Lisa Priest. What's up, Pete? Happy belated birthday to you, my brother. I hope you enjoyed your birthday on, what's that, Monday. All right, so let's get to it, y'all. The Dallas Cowboys. So we know that they have put out the franchise tag for Dak Prescott. He has yet to sign it. They both have until June the 16th to do what they're going to do. But the Cowboys are sitting in a little bit easier, better position now because we know that the Cincinnati Bengals, they drafted Joe Burrow uh, with the number one pick overall in the 2020 draft. So that left door there was a crack in it, but that just pretty much kicked the door open for for uh, poor little Andy Dalton to be booted out of town. Mm. He couldn't find a scooter, so they released him. And I don't even think he was on on the the, the market for 48 hours before the Dallas Cowboys said, "Oh, Kimo Sabi, come and sign Mm-mm. over in this hobby." And they signed him <laughs> to a one year deal. So yeah. it doesn't uh, it, it doesn't look like right now there's long term. Outlook for Andy Dalton, but do we know that? Um, I don't know how Dak should feel knowing that a nine-year starter is sitting behind you, um, ready to be in competition. Um, and will he be sitting behind you because you have yet to sign your tenure for your franchise tag? We all thought exactly. that it's a possibility that Dak could sit out this season because if he doesn't sign it, he would have to sit out, which would put a lot of pressure on the Cowboys. But it looks like the 
Cowboys are playing chess and not checkers, and they have now put put the pressure back on Dak. So, ladies, do you see Dak now signing that not so favorable franchise um, franchise tag so that he can play this year to keep his job? Whoever wants to. Repeat that question, uh, Tina. Do you see Dak signing the uh, franchise tag before June 16th, or do you think he'll still try to sit out because he's not happy with the contract, knowing that Andy Dawson is in the wings? You know, that's kind of hard to to say, but I I do think that um, he may try to hold out, but I I don't think he will. But, you know, with Andy Dawson being a... A veteran. Um, I think you know that that puts some heat on, behind. Um, Terry, real quick, because you you have an echo. Are you on speaker or and Lou? Are you on speaker? Uh-huh. Okay. What about now? Yep, that's a lot better. Okay. Um, I was saying that I don't know if he will sign. I would think that he would sign before uh, June 16th uh, because for one reason, Andy Dalton Dalton he's a veteran and that speaks for itself, um, and I think it's going to be a lot of pressure on Dak to make that decision. Mm-hmm. You know, should he go ahead and sign, or should he just try to, you know, to weigh it out, knowing that if he don't, then you know his position could be taken. That's just my thought. Okay, all right. Hey, Luke. What let's say is Lou. I would say he need to go on and sign and quit trying to hold out. I mean, you know, he's asking for being a little greedy, you know, get something, you know, and, and then come back and you can always how how often can they negotiate, T J? Uh or I guess if they negotiate for four years then they can't come back to the table until then or something like that? Well, in a perfect world that's what they would that's what the owners would like. But you know, they uh-huh. still pull a and sign a four-year contract and then try to renegotiate every two years. Okay. But so, so then so the, the, the minimum, I guess, is, is every two years that they can come back and negotiate, correct? Well, they're not supposed to, though. They okay. Some push it, but they're not supposed to. If you sign a four-year deal, then you're supposed to at least wait for year three before you come back asking for some more money. Okay. Well, I think you need to go on because, like I said, he's not. it's not like he's the great, the best. You know what I mean? The great. He's good, but, you know, you, you and if he, because if he sits out, if he loses, if he doesn't uh, sign, then Andy comes in there and plays, you know, and then he's going to be sitting on the bench for a while, you know, for a year. That's a long time, mm-hmm. you know. So I would just go on and, and you know, and, and settle. Okay. Come back, you know. Okay. So basically you agree that the, that the Cowboys have put the pressure back on Dak and he might need to just go ahead and, and – Get this, this, get this um, tender sign so that he could be playing yeah. this year. Okay. Yeah, I, I think they did. I think they did. But, but I, I mean, whatever they give him, because he's only what he's been in it two, two to three years or something. He's, he's still he's a rookie, right? It's not like he's. Uh, well, I don't know what. His rookie contract is about to. And you know he's he, he knows first to, uh-huh. to the team. You know he's been very productive now in his. In his tenure with the Cowboys, he has been. He's been very productive. Hello? Hello? Is that you, Miss Terry? 
Yeah, I it sounded like the phone had went out or something, and I was saying hello. I think yeah, TJ. I heard... Are you gone, TJ? Or are you there? Uh, no, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, it was like an echo on there, okay. so I, I don't. I didn't know whose phone that was. Okay, okay. yeah, I'm, I'm here. But yeah, so, so you're saying he knows his words, but he's only been in how long has he been playing as Four the main years. quarterback? Four. Four. Mhm. Okay. Okay. So he's been in it a minute. Yeah. Okay. Oh, he's he's definitely proven, and he's bet on himself. Um, now, right. is he the, should he be the highest paid quarterback? Absolutely not. We all know that that's Patrick Mahomes. Should he even be the second highest quarterback? Mm, no, I'm not going to say that either because mm. you know what really has. I mean, and that's the team as a whole. They haven't lived up to expectations in Dallas. You know, there's it's always the story is always something other than their play. You know, winning winning football games. Um, but right. but Dak has done his part. He has not missed the game. Um, he is healthy. You know, he hasn't missed a, he hasn't missed the game due to injury nor tomfoolery. Um, he has stood behind, beside everything that Jerry Jones, you know, puts out there in the media during the whole Kaepernick situation. He was not a distraction. So he's been the model cowboy, and he's so. I mean, I, I don't see what the. I don't see what the holdup is, but there's obviously something that the two sides are not agreeing on. A lot of people are saying maybe it's the years for the contract, um, but not the money because the Cowboys, they did offer him, you know, a nice size amount of contract, uh, over $100 million, but for some reason they just cannot seem to come to, to an agreement. Um, but I thought Des Bryant uh, was very interesting. He took to Twitter after the signing of Andy Dalton, and he says, I quote, Nothing against Andy Dalton because I think he's a great player, but the Cowboys are extremely out of line. Pay Dak. I watched the Cowboys pay Tony twice, once without a winning record. I guess the Cowboys viewing the quarterback position a plug-in piece because of the dominant offense, end quote. So it kind of goes back to what, you know, we've been saying all this time. You know, they just do Dak like he's a ball-headed stepchild, but when Tony Romo was in the position, they treated him like, you know, uh, Prince of Kings. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah, they treated uh, Tony Romo. They they paid him. Yes. Yep. Every opportunity they got. Broke back and off. But you know how that goes. Come on, people. So. But then, you know, that, know. that took his place, you know. He, he earned that spot. So, I mean, I don't see what the whole up is, you know. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. But he, he needs to, to go ahead and sign so he don't lose out. Like, say he's sitting on the bench, you know. Yeah. He's sitting over there looking I would, crazy. I would hate for him to get pushed into a corner just because, you know, he has to save face. They gave, like I said, it's only one year for Andy Dalton, $3 million, uh, with the potential to make $7 million with incentives. But that's already coming in off the bat because Dak only makes two. He's made $2 million up until this point. Um, if he signs the tenure, you know, he'll make 30, I think it's 30.1 million. That's on the franchise tag. But again, no long-term, uh, you know, no, no long-term security there. So I don't know what the Cowboys are doing, but it's not, I, wait, it's not a good look for, uh, Jerry and Steven, Steven Jones. Um, but then, I mean, I can't say it's a really good look for Dez either because now you, you leaving the door open and, um, I don't know. It's just a tough, tough situation to be put in, though. I would hate to be yeah, that. Because if Dak, because if Dak don't sign, um, that would make um, 
Dalton, that would make him the starting, you know, the league quarterback, right? Correct. If he'd sit out, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, they would have. They would still probably have competition, a quarterback competition, if they have, you know, OTAs or whatever. But let's be real. Andy Dalton is a nine nine year veteran. Who nobody should beat him out other than Dak. But right. No. It's it's just a bad look. Chris Thomas, what's going on? He says um, he has proven his ability exceptionally and should be paid. Like you said, Tony Romo got paid without putting forth. Oh, please let me be able to do this. Without putting forth. I can't do the C. I'm so sorry. I can't do the rest of it. Uh, I'm assuming you saying put forth what more um, Romo did. Yeah, I can't do the more. Oh, here we go. Without putting forth what this quarterback has already proven. Yeah. Exactly. So I would say it's just a bad position for Dak to be in. Um, but that's what you get when you play with them boys, a.k.a. girls. Yeah, girl. Okay. 347-879-24. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight. And um, just real quick, notable Cowboy contracts, and this is what makes it even worse. In the last 12 months, these are the players that the quarterbacks, I mean, that the uh, Cowboys have paid. Amari Cooper, five-year, $20 million he'll make this year, $60 million guaranteed. Ezekiel Elliott, running back position, six years, $15 million he'll make this year, $50.1 million guaranteed. Demarcus Lawrence, defensive end, five-year, $21 million he'll make this year, $65 million guaranteed. And Jalen Smith, uh, defensive uh, end, I think, six years he'll make – no, tackle. Sorry, he's in the secondary. I'm sorry. Um, six years, $11.4 million with $35.4 guaranteed. And these are all contracts, signed, sealed, and delivered. And you won't pay Dak. The head, the face of your franchise. I don't know. We'll leave it to the Cowboys. They always find themselves in the news. All right. Shout out to Rashad. I see you in the house. Thank you so much for tuning in. Shout out to Frank Gore signing a one-year deal with the New York Jets. I love Frank. Um, he will always be a 49er, but it just goes to show you whatever they say about you heading into the draft, whatever ails or injuries or or possible setbacks you could have entering into the draft, look at Frank Gore as a testament. Came into the draft, both knees busted coming out of college uh, with Miami, and he is now entering into his um, 16th season. Shout out to you, Frank. I love you. I'm ready for you to retire, though, so you can go into the Hall of Fame as a 49er. But he ranks third now all-time uh, rushing yards with 15,347. Yeah. Shout out to you. And um, let's see here real quick. I definitely have to mention the all-time winning is coach who passed away, um, Don Shula. So, ladies, did you hear about that? Um, he passed away at the age of 90. So he lived a good long life. Um, but 347 wins, including the playoffs, that's the most in NFL history. So he's number one, Bill Belichick um, number two as far as the winning as coach in NFL history. And he'll probably be most known for having the only undefeated team, 1972 Miami Dolphins. They uh, won, went undefeated in the regular season and won the Super Bowl. So, um, ladies, real quick, any have any thoughts on John Shula and his passing? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Harry? <laughs> no. She said no, TJ. She said no, no too. <laughs> oh, okay. That was Unison. All right. Okay. That was my but, yeah. laugh. 
Shout out to Don Shula, though. He's um, definitely one of the best. Inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1997. All right, ladies, so before we get out of here real quick, tomorrow, I got a applause. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> NFL season will be uh, the NFL schedule. It will be released tomorrow. No international games will be on the slate. They are not going to New Mexico or to London. Yay! Pretty happy about that. Um, but yes, but it's, it's kind of fluid. So they're saying you know there could be some possible changes, but we will have the release of the NFL schedule. Tomorrow, tomorrow. I All right. <laughs> yes. So I'm happy about that. Aren't y'all happy? Yes. We need some sports. We need some actually live sports. Well, you know, not recorded. Old stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I'm tired of seeing the Mavericks and the Heat. Can we? If the if the last dance has not proved to us anything, there was some good games going on in the '90s. Can we get some of that, the Bulls and the Knicks, the Bulls and the Pacers? I'd even take some, some NBA finals right about now. Am I? I'm just talking about the Bulls, huh? All right. I know. That's okay. Those are good games, though. <laughs> I like Uh-oh, I think we lost Terry here. Okay, she'll call back in. And uh, Commissioner Goodell, he said in a leaked memo that teams have a refund policy in place now. So um, the league plans full season. They are preparing for a full season. They all they are all for uh, refunds. They're saying that uh, tickets from teams have options of full refund or future credit. They're saying that Ticketmaster and SeatGeek um, full refunds for tickets within 30 days. But StubHub, they are only doing it if it is required by the state law. So. Dubhub, you might not get your money back. With you. Let's see. Terry, you back with us? Yeah, I'm back. Okay. All right, ladies. Well, with that, it's a wrap. It's another wonderful show in the book. It is time for the shout-out of the ladies, of course. Uh, well, Terry, real quick, did you want to chime in on the schedule being released or anything with the refund policy since we lost you there for a sec? I know. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I love it when y'all don't have you be like, mm, no, I'm okay. <laughs> All right. That is time for your shout out. I don't have any money locked up, so I'm okay. <laughs> I know that's right. I sure ain't buying no tickets this season. My ticket will be direct TV. Hello. <laughs> and I'm checking on that. I should have your answer soon. Okay. Love it. All right, ladies. Got your shout out. Shout out. Okay, we'll pick off with you first. Well, thank you, ladies, for another wonderful show. The dialogue is always good. I love you guys. Miss Lucinda, you just showed up and showed out tonight. I bet you could have handled the show by yourself, huh? <laughs> Why just, you say that? Just showed up. <laughs> Just showed out. Look, Tina, you didn't tell her to, to watch some more of those shows. Don't miss, don't miss the last dance. So she came. She was ready tonight. <laughs> she was ready. She was ready tonight. the last two nights. And those lyrics. And Michael Jordan. Yeah. And, and, yeah. <laughs> yep, that's our motivation. And that lyrics tonight. Mm, wonderful, uh, wonderful. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I love you. Um, 
Janelle, I don't know where you are, but we miss you. We love you. I pray that all is well, that you're safe. And Tina, I just love you so, so, so much, girl. I just love you. Mm-hmm. Just keep doing what you're doing. Let God continue to use you. And we're going to see you on your own show one day. Ooh, yes, ma'am, we are. Yes, what? Claim it, claim it. And I want to give a shout-out to all the seniors that are supposed to be graduating. I think it's on Friday, the 8th. A job well done. And don't stop there. Y'all ladies continue to be blessed. You too. Hey, Lou. Thank you. All right, uh, thank you, Miss Miss uh, Terry. I, I I love you even more than you love me. I just, just want to say that. Um, Janelle, Janelle, I miss you, Janelle. Where are you? I just hope and pray you're all right because I love you. And you know, the show wasn't the same without you. We held it down to three of us, but you know, the four of us is just even better. Um, shout out to the seniors, um, you know, everybody graduating, you know, people that's helping the seniors be able to take photos because since they can't go to the schools and all that, shout out to all you people helping them out. Um, and, you know, I didn't realize it's going to be Mother's Day, y'all, this Sunday. I can't believe it. Yeah, so, Miss Carrie, yeah. you're a mother, right? So I want to wish yes, all all the mothers, LL Sports, to all you beautiful mothers, um, happy Mother's Day. And I just you deserve the best. And I just pray that your children honor you like never before, because you you know it's, it, it, you wouldn't even they wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the mothers. I want to wish every mother happy Mother's Day. God bless you all, mothers, all over the world. And um and just enjoy that day and don't stress out. And you know we don't believe this this pandemic's gonna be lifted so we just got to hang in there and be tough you know and be strong uh tj you know last but certainly not least you just did it again and you do it again 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 um i'm miss terry said you're gonna have your own show and i'm believing that's gonna be manifested in 2020 yeah in the midst of this pandemic god is going to be blessing his children uh like never before financial blessings and everything all our ideas and our plans and everything that we've been um you know, that all these things that we've been doing, that we're going to start getting paid for our ideas and our, our uh, the things that, that, that we create instead of working for someone else. So I just believe, TJ, is, this is your year. Uh, mark my word on that. And um, and um, I just want to say that I'm I'm so happy to be your auntie. And, and uh, just, I'm going to be a little sad on Mother's Day, but, you know, I'll be all right because, you know, I don't miss my mom. I kind of feel a little naked. I feel like that I'm kind of misplaced because I don't have a, any parents right now. But, um, you know, I just want to wish everyone else a happy Mother's Day. And uh, and just keep on doing what you're doing, TJ. All right. Thank you, ladies. Well, happy and Mother's Day. Well, happy Mother's Day. Yeah. I said, I'm so glad you're my auntie, too. I love oh, you. Thanks. I love you, too. I love y'all. All right, y'all. We'll be back next week. Same bad time. Same bad time. Until then, y'all be blessed and stay safe. You too. All right. All right. Goodbye. Happy Mother's Day. Love y'all. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Three, four, seven, eight.
7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight. That was the Gleesome, Threesome, Aunt Lou, Terry, and TJ holding down the fort. All right, so real quick here, Wednesday Wikipedia, what happened in the world of sports on May 6th? Yes, we are already in the month of May. 1915, Babe Ruth hit his first major league home run while playing for the Boston Red Sox. Can you believe they were keeping all these stats back then in them days? How do we know it was 1915 on May 6th? Well, that's what they said, so that's what I'm going to tell you. So, Wednesday Wikipedia. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> all right, y'all. So that is going to do it for this show. Don't forget, um, make sure to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend about your girls on Wednesday nights. Whether you listen two minutes, 20 minutes, two hours, it doesn't matter. We thank you. We appreciate you. And we love you for your support. What's up, Alberto? Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank y'all. Um, let's see. Birthdays today. Tom Bergeron turns 65. Jose Altuve turns 30. Meek Mill paid me a million dollars. I can't tell you what he's saying, but he turns 33 today. George Clooney turns 59. Jason Witten, formerly of, still current, formerly Jason Witten, yeah, Cowboys, turns 38. And CP3, Chris Paul, turns 35 today. So shout out to them. Shout out to a main fan, Mr. Silicon Valley Marlin. Shout out to Ronbo of Ronbo Sports. Shout out to Marvin and Harold Chambers. Thank you all so much. Shout out to Aunt Lou who brought the strength with that loose end of lyrics today. I'm telling you, if y'all missed it, you missed a doozy last week, too. She did it tonight. So make sure you catch it on the podcast or catch the recording on uh, the, the Facebook Live. She did that. Shout out to Aunt Lou. Um, like I said, and, and I know we, we go back and forth a lot. We joke a lot. But I am so, so grateful um, just for her talent and for her sharing her talent um, with the world like this. Um, you know, I, I asked her to do it day one, and, and she's been, been there for me, um, just been a trooper. So I thank you, Aunt Lou, um, just for always being there, um, for your support. Um, I say it all the time. I kidnapped Hotel. She just came to listen to the show a couple of times, and now she's part of the, you know, the Gleason Threesome and the Fearsome Foursome. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not locked up. So thank you, Terry. Thank you for allowing me to, to, to kidnap you <laughs> and for your thoughts and opinions and what you bring to the show. Always balance. I love you, and I thank you. And, Janelle, you are always missed when you're not here. I pray that everything is well. And um, like I said, we're better with the four of us, but we always can hold it down no matter what number appears on the on that um, in that studio. All right, shout-out to my daddy, Lawrence Jackson. Shout-out to my brother, D'Angelo Jackson. Shout-out to all the mothers out there. Hope you have a wonderful Mother's Day um, this coming Sunday. And so that leaves time for only one thing. That would be TJ's motivational moment. And your girl is going to be a little selfish tonight, so I hope that you are – um, I hope you just give me a little bit of your patience <laughs> and uh, that you, you know, you just, uh, that that you don't leave. Okay. <laughs> but uh, seriously, you know, with it being Mother's Day and, you know, Aunt Lou mentioned it, um, there are so many people, especially with this COVID that's, that's you know, come and just ransacked and ravaged um, the country, um, the whole world, really. And so a lot of Mother's Days are going to be different um, this year as they have been for so many people um, up until this point. So, I do not take it uh, for granted, and I do not take it lightly that I am still able to give my mother her flowers while she is still here, and I truly believe in that. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what, who it is. You know, we should always just show our appreciation, show our love for our loved ones, if they mean something to you now, because when they're gone, they're gone, okay? And there's nothing you're going to be able to do. You can say, you can cry, beat the casket all you want to, okay? But while you have the opportunity, you need to do it while they're here. So, um, tonight, you know, with it being Mother's Day, 
um, like I said, I just, I'm so thankful. Um, I didn't want to write anything down because I really want to talk into the camera. Um, I just want to share a little story with you here real quick because, I, you know, I always give my mom a shout-out, and, you know, I don't know um, if people really understand to the depth of the relationship that me and my mother have. Um, you know, I've always known that I'm, I've, I'm loved. Um, I've always had somebody in my corner from, you know, growing up with the, the whatever I wanted to do, cheerleading, band, uh, what else did I do? track, you know, anything that I did, my, you know, my mother was always there. But not even for that, but just for the person that she is and for the example that she laid for me and just the friend that she became to me at such an early age. Um, I will never forget, I was 15 years old, and, um, you know, my mom asked me, she said, okay, you know, what's going on with the boys and everything? I'm like, hey, Ma, you know, I ain't you know, and all of that right now. And, but she came to me, she said, listen, there's going to come a time when you, when you will, you know, you're going to get that feeling. And when you get that feeling, I need for you to let me know, okay, because that means it's time for us to, to make some moves. I'm like, okay, yeah, mom, too, whatever. Well, the feeling came. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's be real. And just to know that I had my mother, I didn't have to talk to my girlfriends. I've always been a people person. You know, I've always had my little crew, my little clique. But I never had to go and search or, or look it up in a book or talk with my girls. I could talk to my girls, don't get me wrong. But I always knew that I had that door. I had that, that, that open communication. And, and at, it was at that time that I knew, you know, I don't have to look elsewhere. If there's anything that I need, if I have a question, if it's something I need to know, if she did know, she'd find out. So just to, to have that life, that, that open communication, I call it my lifeline because I don't know where I would be had she, you know, if I didn't have her. Um, so I, I just tell you that story because, like I said, I've known all my life that I'm, that I'm loved. And don't get me wrong, you know, I, I, my parents, um, you know, they've always shown me love. But, but my mom, you know, I, I knew that I didn't have to look elsewhere. Um, and that's a, that's a damn good feeling, y'all. The older that I get, I just see people and, you know, just the relationships that they have with their mothers. I know people who have, like, literally fought, like, physical fighting. with. I would never in a million, I don't know, I don't even want to know what have to have a relationship like that. So to just to have somebody that, you know, that loves me, that supports me. Now, don't get me wrong, my mom is not perfect. Nobody is. We bump heads because, you know, I am grown. Now, I am, I am her child, but I am not a child. And so sometimes, you know, you have those, those conflicts. But when you have a conflict with somebody and your spirit is not right, you know, it's like if there's not a day that if, if me and my mom are not on one accord, my, my world is not right. That's, that's how in sync we are. I could be having a bad day. I could have a smile on my face. I think I'm just, you know, ready for the world. And she'd be like, Tina, what's wrong? For somebody to know your inner thoughts, your inner being. Man, I'm telling you, I am so blessed. I am so loved. And I am so thankful for you, Denise Green. I, you know, I lost my job in 2012. I didn't know which direction I was going to go in. I didn't know how to go. And I, I wasn't working for four years, y'all, and my mama stood by me. She held me up. She prayed for me. And I'm telling you, you just don't know what, what kind of support that means to somebody. I'm a grown woman and didn't know what direction I was going in. And it was at that time I got closer to God. But I thank you, mama. I just, I thank you. And the words that that song 
Mama, loving you is like food to my soul. I thank you, and I love you, and God bless you. That's my motivational moment. Until next time, happy Mother's Day to everybody, all the mothers out there. And I pray, I just pray that you're as blessed as I am. Be good to others. Be good to yourselves. But most of all, y'all be blessed. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.